Hey guys, we want to thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast, but it is a special podcast for us today. It is episode 50. We're halfway to 100, D. Yeah, we are, and it is crazy to think we've already put out 50 of these podcasts. We forgot to mention this when we recorded our episode, so we wanted to give this little uh, you know, this little message out to you guys before you get the episode. Uh, we appreciate the support, everyone who's listened, whether you were here when we started or you have joined recently. Uh, all the feedback, the interaction we get with you, that's why we do it. It's been a ton of fun uh, and a great opportunity for us to, to do this uh, for the last year and a half. So thank you guys for listening uh, and being a part of the Sports Hour with Mitch and I. Cheers to the first 50, and here's to the next 50. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Guys, the Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. Holy cow. Oh, my God. I don't believe it. It just continues. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo, And this is Dallin. Guys, welcome back on in. It is a great evening. Mitch Mo and I are just chilling, just hanging out, ready to talk some more NFL after what was uh, an interesting week, uh, an interesting week of games, I think. Uh, we are going to have a great slate of stuff here to talk about. We're going to do our week one recap. We got some news to address, uh, some a couple topics we're going to discuss, and we hope that you join in the conversation with us. Um, we are also going to hear down, or sorry, Daddy's favorite of the week. We're also going to have a new entrant into the pit of misery, and then we are going to get into our week three quick picks this is going to be a good one, D. Yeah, it, it is. And um, I will say now we did pretty good on our picks last week. Um, so I hope to continue this in the future. Week one was a little rough, particularly for me. So I bounced back. I felt pretty good this week. I was going to say for you, it was, I, I did fantastic. Yeah. Did fantastic. Yeah you, yeah, you did pretty good. But anywho, so <laughs> all right, let's... <laughs> Let's start talking about this slate of games. So Mitch mentioned lots of kind of news stuff to talk about in this podcast. And a lot of it was injury related and specifically with the quarterback. And we had quite a few of the bigger name starters uh, either bow out during the game or during uh, this week. So let's start in Pittsburgh. We had Seahawks and the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger goes down. He is out for the season. Mason Rudolph came in uh, in relief and led a, you know, a close game, ultimately a loss for the Steelers. So, uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on on the situation and, and the Steelers moving forward? Well, you know, Big Ben's been such a an iron horse for them, playing hurt throughout the years and and really being reliable when it comes to they need him, whether he's hurt or not. Um, and I think it was just kind of a matter of time before we saw 
something like this happened with him. It's unfortunate. Um, I saw the play when he grabbed his elbow. It looked comfortable for him. He, I know he ran, I think, the rest of the series. Um, it didn't look comfortable for him. But uh, when Mason Rudolph came in, he looked pretty good. 12 for 19, 112, and two touchdowns. He had the pick. Um, but he looked pretty good. And I, this, this is going to be the opportune time for Mason Rudolph to, I think, seriously put some quarterback debate out there in Pittsburgh going into next year if Big Ben returns. So um, it, it, the Big Ben thing's a big loss, but I don't hate having Mason Rudolph under center for him. Yeah, you know, ironically enough, we talked about Mason Rudolph not that long ago in our Megasode, and I mentioned that I wasn't very high on Pittsburgh, and I thought if things were to go south early on that they should throw in Mason Rudolph and see what they have in a second-round pick from just a couple years ago. And uh, ironically enough, they are now in that situation. It's a lot earlier than they would have anticipated. It comes from injury, and nevertheless... We're going to get 14 games of Mason Rudolph, you know, barring injury to him. And I think this is going to be huge for the Steelers going forward to know if they found their replacement for Big Ben, they can be, you know, in a very comfortable situation to not feel like they have to bring Big Ben back to, you know, to move on if that's the case or to know that they have this kid they can rely on in the future. If not, they may, you know look to find that heir apparent in the draft or maybe a player in free agency. I mean, they traded away their first round pick for next year for Minka Fitzpatrick. So I think the Steelers feel confident in Mason Rudolph as their future or that Big Ben will play for multiple years. Because if you're looking to draft a quarterback, you're not trading your first round pick. So I think that means more so that they feel comfortable with Mason as their quarterback. Like you said, he looked pretty good for, you know, coming in halfway through the game. I'm interested in him this week and moving forward to see what he can give the Steelers. You know, last time we saw a big arm guy that was, well, he he wasn't quite a second round pick, but he was a late first round pick, play behind a future Hall of Famer for a few years and then came in in an injury situation. That was Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So I don't want to I don't want to draw comparisons Mason Rudolph Aaron Rodgers, but it, last time we saw that happen, that's the result we got. So maybe there's something to be said about playing behind a really good quarterback for a few years and learning under him. And so I, we might be seeing that right now with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, and Tom Brady was the same way coming in for Bledsoe in New England. You know that, right. that's hap- that's right. happened quite a few times. And uh, yeah, the, the knowledge you know seeing seeing the you know somebody exceed at such a high level is obviously valuable to these guys. So yeah, interesting to see. Uh, Seattle got the win there. They're two and zero in some close games. Uh, they look pretty good, I think, Mitch. Uh, Seattle looks pretty good, and uh, you know. We said this in the Megasode that we both had them at like eight and eight, but we knew they would end up at like ten and six to make the playoffs. And uh, this is a this is a hot start for Seattle, I think. Yeah, they looked really good. Russ Russ looked really good again. Three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Um, I think we're gonna see the next two headed monster backfield in Seattle with Penny and Carson, both looking very good. Um, Penny had a had a very good week. Six point two a carry, 10, 10 for sixty two. Carson. Uh, 15 for 60 at four yards a carry. This could be a very uh, Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman type situation um, where they're going to use both backs fairly heavily. Um, and I, I, I really like it. Uh, also, Tyler Lockett, career high in catches with 10 for 79 yards. Um, 
Will Disley with the two big touchdowns there, looking like a pretty good tight end option for, for Russ to throw to in the red zone. So Seahawks look good. Man, they look really good. Yeah, for sure. I uh, yeah, I, I thought it looked good. Uh, and you know, Pittsburgh has obviously struggled early this year. James Conner has struggled a lot. Uh, only thirty three yards and a touchdown. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the offense changes very much with Mason Rudolph. And if it does, I think that may actually be a benefit. It may actually be a good thing to have an offensive change. You know, that, that may be beneficial for them, and, and I'm curious to see that. So let's move on to the next big injury. This is another Hall of Fame quarterback going down. This time it was Drew Brees against the Rams. Uh, it was a thumb for Brees, they say, six weeks right now. Uh, so not as, you know, bad news as the Steelers, you know, losing their quarterback for the whole season. But now the Saints have six games uh, and they're going to have to stay afloat because the NFC is good and, and their division, you know, I, I don't, we don't really know what to make of it right now, but the Saints need to play well in these six games. They can't afford to go, you know, two and four or one and five. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what we get from them moving forward. Yeah. I, man, without Drew Brees there, Alvin Kamara really got contained. And, uh, I mean, only 60 yards from scrimmage, 40, 45 on the ground and 15 through the air. Um, that's not Alvin Kamara-like. Um, I think not having his boy Drew Brees there really had an effect on it. Um, Teddy Bridgewater didn't look fantastic. Uh, no. This team really struggled um, without their, their, their leader, their field general on, out there. And so... I I really want to see the Saints succeed. I, I really like watching this Saints run over the last decade or so of, of success for them. But, man, it's hard to see him succeeding right now without a guy like Drew Brees out there for him. Yeah, you could tell, you know, once he went out of that game, the impact that he has on that team. And I think that may... I don't know. I think I probably overlooked that, to be honest. I just thought, you know, there's so much talent around them that I was like, Drew Brees probably doesn't have to do that much anymore. But it was clear that, no, he is still, you know, the lifeblood of this team and, and the the coal that keeps the engine running. And so without him, yeah, I, I do not feel confident in this team. Sean Payton suggested uh, that they would be doing a two-headed quarterback duties this week in Seattle between Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. Uh, they're going to have to figure something out. And I think that, you know, New Orleans has kind of been put into a situation like Pittsburgh where they may have an opportunity to see what the future beyond Drew Brees looks like at quarterback and assess whether or not they need to add other options into that mix. Is Teddy Bridgewater that guy? You're paying him seven and a half million dollars. Is he the guy to take over, you know, and where does Taysom Hill play in this? And do we need to start investing into the future? Yeah, I think you, I think you need to start investing in the future. I think the Taysom Hill thing is going to be, could be a really fun fit um, to run more of a college style offense with them. They have a ton of speed on the field and Taysom Hill is a very athletic guy. Um, he plays quarterback, receiver, running back, right guard, left outside linebacker, kicker, punter, kick returner. I mean, he, do, I he think does he it actually, all. I think he actually coaches special teams as well. He's Mitch. also the special teams coordinator. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is assistant yeah. GM. I mean, this guy does right, it all. Right. He also so, gets the snacks for after practice. Oh yeah, he's team mom. It's he yeah. does it all. <laughs> he's team mom. <laughs> so he, 
I think it'd be really fun to watch him and Kamara do more of a college style offense in the backfield, limit his pass attempts. Um, but I, I think that, but they still have the big guy to throw to Michael Thomas. So, yeah, um, I, I agree with you, Mitch. I think that'd be a ton of fun if you're giving him 20 passes a game, you know, and you're doing a ton of run, a ton of option, you know, some quick stuff, some, you know, some end around. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that, you know, with these quick guys that, yeah, I, I, I agree that would be a ton of fun and, and a way for New Orleans to kind of stop the bleeding and win some games. Yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, let's look at the Rams side just really quick. Um, they were the Rams. They they did what they do. They go out. They, they're they productive on offense. Jared Goff looked like Jared Goff. Todd Gurley still looked disgustingly gross, um, uh, especially as a fantasy asset, this guy was just not very good. Uh, 16 for 63. He had the touchdown. Um, Malcolm Brown continues to look good as playing second fiddle to Todd Gurley. 6 for 37. That's 6.2 at carry. Cooper Cup looking good coming back from the ACL, and this one was kind of his breakout week since the ACL injury. 5 for 120. Um, so they just they take their weapons, and they, they do what they do every week is go out and execute. Yeah, they won the game, and I mean, it kind of doesn't really count. I mean, it counts. I don't want to say it doesn't count, but what is it? You know, how what does it teach us about the Rams? I don't know. They won an ugly game in Carolina, and then they win a game against the Saints, in which Drew Brees goes out after throwing five passes, and it's like, yeah, I mean, what what do we know about the Rams? I I I don't know the answer to that question, uh, but it is you know kind of puts them, I guess, in. And an interesting situation. They are two and zero, and you know you got to be happy with that. But uh, they will be playing the Browns next week, and I think that may be you know the first, maybe the first real test for them. On that note, let's transition into the Browns. Um, they had the Monday night game against the Jets, um, and a romping of them twenty point win, twenty three three. Again, another quarterback injury um we knew that sam Darnold wasn't going to play this week trevor simeon was a star but simeon had a, took a really nasty hit and now we're at the third string quarterback luke falk who's luke falk i have no idea who this i've never heard of him you don't know night. oh really really oh no i really like luke falk he i think it was the sixth round pick uh he was in miami for a bit uh, I I think it was in Tennessee before that. I think it was drafted by Tennessee. Uh, he played at Wazoo under Mike Leach, the guy we, we talked about before we started recording. We were talking about Mike Leach. Uh, so he played for Wazoo. So he was the year before Gardner Minshew, who is also starting. So somehow we have these two Wazoo co- quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now, like out of nowhere. Um, so yes, that's where Luke Falk came from. He has, uh, was uh, Washington state, uh, records. And I believe possibly pac 12 passing records. He was prolific in college, uh, in, in that air raid Mike Leach offense, much like Gardner Minshew was last year, much like their starter is right now. It's just, uh, it's, it's just what happens if you, if you play quarterback at Washington state. So, uh, yeah, so that's him. Uh, I actually really like Luke Falk. And I liked him in that draft, and I think he may actually pan out to be a pretty decent quarterback for them. Okay. I, I, I see. You learn something new every day. I had no idea who Luke Falk was. Um, <laughs> but he didn't He didn't look bad. 20 for 25, threw for 198. 
Um, he looked a lot better than Simeon. Simeon looked like I I feel bad. I felt bad for the guy, Mitch. I was watching that game feeling bad for the quarterback who just seemed like he just did not belong in any universe close to any of those guys. No. I mean, he had one good preseason a few years ago, started for started for Denver and didn't do much then. So, um, it, yeah, just, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, honestly, Mitch, I think uh, Luke Falk is a better option for them as a backup than Trevor Simeon. So I'm intrigued by this. Uh, this all comes on the back of the fact that Sam Darnold has mono. Like, yeah, I did. I did see a fan sign that said I gave Sam Darnold mono. Yeah, <laughs> he was asked about that. He was like, I've never seen that woman in my life. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, right. He's, He's like, a player. He's a player. <laughs> He's like, I don't know who that is. Uh, amazing. But yes, Sam Darnold has mono. And I feel stupid this whole week because I picked the Jets in this game before Sam Darnold was out. I mean, I obviously would not have picked him if if, uh, if I knew Trevor Simeon was going to be the quarterback. And then I was like, well, now I'm screwed. I'm going to just automatically lose this. And we, were, and we were gypped of a great matchup between first-round QBs last year in Baker and Sam Darnold. Would have been, been a super fun matchup. And we instead, we got a really bad game. Yeah, I, I, it, it was a little bit disappointing. Um, I, I wouldn't read too far into it, though, as far as quality of the teams. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you guys you guys you listeners listen to Colin Cowherd on the herd, but uh he went into depth about the Browns and the Jets. Don't listen to that guy. He's a bum. He's a fraud. He's wrong. <laughs> He's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. Don't listen to him. Um still a punchable face for me too, by the way. Oh um, yes. Yes. But you look at the rest of the Jets team. Uh, Lev Bell, despite only 3 points being put up by the Jets, had a good night. Um Kind of struggled on the ground a little bit, but with a with a banged up offensive line, yeah, you're gonna struggle a little bit. He was 21 for 68. It's only 3.2 a carry, but he was 10 for 61 through the air. So he's doing what Lev Bell does, and he finds a way to contribute um, regardless of the situation. Um, on the Brown side of things, uh, we continue to see Baker Mayfield struggle through the first two weeks. Um, I think I found the cure and the answer to his struggles. And it's, he needs to get the ball out of his hand quicker. The dude's yes. holding on to the ball for like three or four seconds. His, it's not that his offensive line is bad. And that's where everyone's pointing the finger right now. Oh, his offensive line's terrible. Oh, his offensive line's so apart. That's where Cowherd went, by the way. Oh, he's got a right. bad offensive line. He doesn't have a bad offensive line. His offensive line's given him plenty of time. He's holding on to the ball. You look at the plays that he's running. He's missing open receivers. He needs to just settle down. Get the ball quick out of his hands. We saw it last year. We saw it in the first half of week one where when he was getting the ball quick out of his hands, he was having success. And he needs to get back to that. He needs to get the ball quickly out of his hands. He's got really talented wide receivers. He's got a good tight end. He's got a good offensive line. He's got a good guy out of the backfield. Just be a good, just be a good, solid quarterback. Do what you know how to do best, and get the ball quick out of your hand. Yeah, and the thing is, is the offensive line is the obvious weakness, and so that's why they're targeted. And they're not the greatest unit, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I saw the same thing watching the game. It was just like, man, he is holding on to this ball way too long, 
uh, and then missing, you know, not making the right reads and, you know, just not playing well. So, uh, and he's going to have a tough test against the Rams next week. I mean, that's not And when he did, and when he did, he threw an 89-yard touchdown pass to Odell. So Exactly. It obviously is that because when he did get a quick out, things happened. So Right. And he's a young quarterback still. I mean, he is a second-year quarterback. You're still going to see this kind of stuff. But if the Browns are going to be as good as people think they will, then he has to get over that this year. I mean, that's, you know, if the Browns are going to make the Super Bowl, he can't play like a second-year quarterback. He has to play like a veteran. And, you know, so far, obviously it's early in the season. I think this is what you should expect from a young quarterback like this. I'm not worried, per se, about Baker Mayfield. Uh, but he has to get better, and I and I think he will. Oh yeah, no, I I think he's got so much room for improvement still. I, I it's just a matter of time. He needs. He still yeah. doesn't have all that much game experience. He's got to get more game experience still. So exactly, we'll, I don't we'll, think we'll he's even quite played a full season, like sixteen games yet. I, don't I think, think I think he's still a little short of that. So yeah, just a couple games. So yeah. Just to keep that in mind, I think we look at him differently because he had such a good rookie year and the expectations uh, on the team now, obviously. But uh, let's talk about another young quarterback, Mitch, that's struggling, and that's your quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, The Bears uh, got the win in Denver. It was ugly. It was borderline controversial, and yet uh, they walked out of the Mile High City with a victory. Mitch, uh, give us your thoughts on the game. I can't do this bad offense thing anymore, man. I just can't. I can't do the bad quarterback play anymore. I sat through all those years of J.H. Cutler. And Mitch Trubisky comes in next year. He looks he looks great at times. We're like, oh man, it's just he, he's gotta mature. He's gotta mature. He's gotta get more he's gotta get more game snaps. And then two weeks in a row, he's been a dumpster fire. And I, I can't do the bad quarterback play anymore. I just can't. Just one time! One time! Can you give me... Can you just... One time! Please! Please! Good quarterback play. One time. I just... I need it. I can't... Uh, I'm sweating now. I can't... I can't handle this anymore now. A win's a win. I'll take the W. I just want it to be pretty. I just want it to be pretty. I want to... I want to have a good quality win. And we can't even lock one up against the Denver Broncos. That's so frustrating. It's so yeah. frustrating. I, I, I mean, Montgomery looked better, right? Eight, 18 for 62. He finally got the opportunity we thought he was going to get on the ground, right? Yeah, I mean, he had – yeah, he had all the carries, essentially. Yeah, Cohen had four, and then they had a couple spread out between some wide receivers on some of those touch pass, yep. jet sweep type stuff. Yep, Davis uh, Mike, had three. and yeah, Davis had it, three. So, Davis yeah. was three for one yard, though. I mean, come on. Right. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I mean, the defense, again, looked great. But you got to help your defense out. Got to help them out. Yeah, it's, you know, the run game looked good. And I guess the silver lining is, you know, you can rely on that to get a win, the run game and the defense. But Trubisky looks looks real bad two weeks in a row. And, uh, you know... If the Bears are going to do what the Bears should do this year, then Trubisky can't look like this. Can't even look close to this. He has to look good. But like with Baker, like we talked about, if the Browns are going to do the things they got to do, he's got to look like a veteran. Trubisky's got to look like a guy who's been there and can succeed. And he has not looked like that at all. Uh, It is two games. And I will say that it has been two games and they're one and one. So, 
it's not the worst. I don't think it's time to panic yet, but to a couple more outings like this, and then I think it's time to worry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I'm just I'm just frustrated. And honestly, Oh, and understandably. Khalil, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, even defensively, Khalil Mack was absent. He had one tackle and it was the sack. Yeah. I mean, he was he was absent the whole game. And I, I I can't I guess I can't really complain about that because the defense as a unit has been playing really well. But it, it's nice to have your star still ball out um, every now and then. Right. Well, but, I mean, but if that opens up the ability for other guys to make plays, I mean, that's kind of what a superstar will do. Aaron Donald, for example, against the Panthers did nothing statistically, but he affected the game heavily, you know, just being there and having to double him or whatnot. So, right. uh, yeah, yeah. The defense looks good and you could be happy about that. But Mitch, your, your frustrations are are viable. Uh, what you don't have to be frustrated with apparently anymore is the kicking situation uh, with oh, Eddie yeah. Pinheiro nailing the game winner and putting all the Bears fans, you know, anxiety down a level. Oh, uh, we don't call him Eddie Pinheiro. We call him Eddie Dinero because that guy is money. <laughs> He's money. We had a game winning kick for once and not a game losing one. It was a game winning one. How does it one. feel, Mitch? How does it feel? It feels... Oh God, I feel so. I feel like tell such the Chargers sorry... fans how you feel. <laughs> I, I, oh my God, I think they're the only ones that have had it worse than us. Um, look, yeah. <laughs> it feels it feels sorry as a fan when you are like super hyped about the special teams and the kicking situation, but we have struggled so much with kicking that like I think it's totally warranted to be hyped about having a solid kicker. So, I yeah, Eddie Dinero, Eddie Dinero. Give me that money. Bring in those pesos, baby. <laughs> you know, I don't think I am somebody who's much higher on special teams in general. I think it's majorly overlooked, especially by fans. Sure. It but is, yeah. having a solid kicker, having a solid punter like that, that's how Super Bowl teams are made. Like you have to have a solid special teams to be at that level. So fans, we like to overlook it and think it's not that important, but it, it, it matters in the big moments like the Bears experienced last year in the playoffs. And hopefully Eddie Pinheiro is the guy to flip uh, the script for them. Yeah, we uh, we just you know, I think he's going to be the guy that flips the script. So we don't have to talk about that event that happened that I don't like to talk about. I don't. Oh, the double. Don't doing? say that, Dallin. Is that Mitch? The double. Don't doing. say That's what that. You're talking about, right. You swore on air. Don't. Quit cussing. When when the doinked when when the when the doinked doubled. That's a, when it did it twice. It double doinked. That's a that's a curse word in my house. We don't say double doink. We just say <laughs> the event that shall not be named. That's it. Um. So yeah, that's my two cents about my bears this week. Um. I don't think I need to blow any more blood vessels over that. So let's move on to our last game. We have the matchup of the birds of prey. The Eagles and the Falcons in Atlanta. And on the topic of quarterbacks that we expected more out of, we look at your boy who you picked to win MVP this year, Carson Wentz, struggling again. Are we sure that it's struggling for Wentz? Because, I mean, he was without his top two wide receiver targets and Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, he had no running game whatsoever. And yes, he threw two interceptions, but he did keep the, them in the game. 
uh, it gave them a shot. I think it was actually a good showing for Carson Wentz. This was a bad game for the Eagles. Uh, like I said, they were missing some guys, so that surely doesn't help. But uh, I, I don't, I don't put the blame on Carson Wentz from what I saw. I, I think that was just situational, and it was just a, an ugly game. And he, the fact that they were even that close, uh, you know, is because of Wentz and because of a defense that picked Matt Ryan off three times. Okay, but yeah, I mean. I just think from a guy that you expect to win MVP, he should be able to do a little bit more even without a t- uh, one of his best targets there. Uh, two of his best targets uh, and no run game. Like a guy can't win every game by himself. And like even if you're MVP, you still can't do that. So I don't know. It's early in the season. I don't take stock into much of anything these first two weeks, honestly. Honestly, the first three weeks. Uh, until I've seen something multiple times, then I start believing. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about the Eagles. I'm not worried about Wentz. I worried about him health wise. Cause he took a shot, uh, went out of the game, but re- resilient came back in, uh, played out the rest of the game. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it yet. Uh, it's still early and, uh, you know, you're on the road in Atlanta. It was a pretty decent team. So they didn't lose to the dolphins, you know? Yeah, I guess that is one upside. You didn't lose to the Dolphins. Right. If anybody does that this year, that'll be an embarrassing moment. Yeah, you didn't uh, lose to a fish. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, yes, Eagles beat fish in nature, I think, right? Is, I, uh, Eagles, yeah. It's like Rochambeau. Sure. That's the logical progression. Yes. It, yeah. <laughs> rock yeah, beat, yes, rock yes, beats yes, scissors, fish. scissor beats paper, <laughs> bird beats fish. That's how it goes. Um, yeah, like, you know, Winston played terrible. I, I just, I, I think I expected a little bit more out of him. Um, especially if he, we think he's going to be MVP caliber, um, 25 for 43, uh, 231 touchdown and two picks. Um, it, like you said, though, the ground game was not there. Miles Sanders struggled, um, but has had a really rough first two weeks of his career. Um, Jordan Howard never expect anything big from Jordan Howard. Um, and then he still had Nelson Aguilar to throw to, who went over 100. Zach Ertz, that went 8 for 72. Mac Hollins um, went 5 for 50. So, you know, he, he made, I guess, he, you know, he made the most with what he had. And I think that's pretty much what I took, uh, took away from that game. But Atlanta, I mean, gets a big win against the Eagles. They had no run game either, uh, besides Edo Smith. Uh, with a long 28-yard run, and that was basically about it. But besides the three picks, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, gets the win. Julio and Calvin Ridley, both over 100 yards combined for the three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, so you're pretty happy with that, I think, if obviously, if you're the Falcons. uh, And, you know, it's now you're just moving forward. And I I think the Falcons and the Panthers should both be teams uh, with eyes wide open these next uh, six weeks with the, the Saints uh, missing Drew Brees. It's the opportunity, or the Buccaneers for that matter, it's the opportunity for any of those teams in that division to to claim the stake and put the, you know, put the Saints behind and uh, put themselves in a position to win it. Uh, so I think the Falcons are a team like that, and uh, they may be looking at this now with a little more urgency and a little more, with a little more focus uh, moving forward. Yeah, if you're one of those other three teams, you got to be salivating right now. I mean, yes. the best team in your division is without their without their quarterback. So um, their future Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, yes. who still plays like he's in his early thirties. So you gotta you gotta be salivating. This is your opportunity to go win some games. 
go win some big games. I think this is a bigger opportunity for Tampa Bay more than anything because if they can run together, string together a few wins here, that puts them in contention with not only the Falcons and the Panthers, but with the Saints when Drew Brees comes back. So, I mean, they, yep. I think, could be the biggest beneficiaries of that. Yeah, the division definitely opened up here uh, due to Breeze's injury. So uh, that's about it for the games, Mitch. Let's talk about some of the other news uh, that we have. Let's start with the trade. We mentioned this earlier when we talked about the Steelers, but Minka Fitzpatrick requested a trade out of Miami. Uh, He was granted that trade in return for a first-round pick and then a swap of late-round picks, I believe. Uh, So Pittsburgh gives up their first-rounder next year, 2020, uh, to acquire uh, arguably the one of the best slot corners in the league who's been misused by uh, Miami and he got tired of it essentially and said I want to I want to play where I'm best at and I want to go somewhere else and Pittsburgh adds a, uh, a huge piece to their secondary oh yeah no it, it absolutely definitely um, it, this can only help a team that's really actually struggling um, defensively so especially with an 0-2 start to give yourself that extra boost in the secondary, a very good, talented young guy that you could lock up for the future um, before too long. I, I think this is going to be a great addition for the Steelers. Um, good for him getting out of Miami. I know you and I had a conversation about this, and we'll get to that conversation here in just a little bit when we talk about another corner. Um, but I, I, it's a good add for Pittsburgh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. For Especially sure. when they're struggling uh, on offense, you just get that defense a little bit better and help your offense catch back up. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So uh, let's talk about the other trade news. And that is Jalen Ramsey who has requested a trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he had a, a spat with Doug Marone on the sideline during the game. And that seemed to be, uh, the the writing on the wall, if you will, for the end of this relationship and his relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will play in the Thursday night game this week against uh, the Tennessee Titans. We're recording this on Wednesday night, uh, so the day before the game. But he will play in tomorrow's game. And from there, he'll probably get traded this weekend, I'm assuming. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it's a different situation than Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, how do you feel about this, Mitch? Uh, that. I agree with Steve Young, if you've heard his talk yet. Um, the NFL is slowly moving towards the the route that the NBA has gone where big-name players can just request trades because they don't want to be there anymore. And I think that's bad for the game. It's bad for the sport. Uh, it's, it's not a good look. It encourages that diva attitude that I'm already fed up with in the NBA. Um, this is not a game of divas. This is not a game of divas. This is a game of men. And when you're throwing a fit, you're already getting paid millions of dollars to play a game that I would give my left testicle to play one more time. And you're throwing a fit because, oh, I'm on a team that doesn't win well, doesn't win enough for me. It really irks me. It really gets me upset. It really makes my blood boil a little bit. Because, look, you're not on a losing team. You're not on a perennial loser. Two years ago, you were in an AFC championship game and one quarter away from playing in a Super Bowl. You had a down year last year, and you've you've had a, you've had a rough start to your third year. But what are you complaining about here, dude? You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game anyway. 
And you're not on a perennial loser. It's not like you're playing in Miami. So what are you complaining about? It's just encouraging this diva prima donna stuff that really is just, it's, 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 it's infuriating to hear this type of stuff, especially coming out of a league that I really loved and respected um, for the way that they handled their day-to-day operations. And now hearing this, that big name guys can just request a trade and they'll up and look for a new, up and look for a trade partner for them really disappoints me. And it really makes my blood boil. Yeah, you know, I uh, I I don't know how I feel about it in the NBA. I I kind of like I I see positive and positives and negatives from it. As a member of media, as somebody who talks about sports, I love it because there's always something going on and there's always a storyline and a possibility and uh, that just makes things exciting from that perspective. But I understand what it, how it affects the league in a negative way. Uh, this Jalen Ramsey situation, I don't know if I like it. Uh, it is sad because that Jacksonville Jaguars defense, uh, when they were in that AFC Championship game and going into last season, we all looked at like the next Seahawks, you know, the next Buccaneers, the next, you know, uh, one of these great defenses that we've had, these stretches where a team has put together a special group. It's what it seemed like we had in this group, and last year was not what it was supposed to be, and now, you know, guys like Ramsey want out, and uh, it is sad to see. I it, I am excited to see where he ends up. Uh, if it's a Seattle or a Kansas City or Philadelphia, I'm elated. I mean, that would be fun, but uh, it, it does it does seem strange. And, and when we talked about this earlier, we were talking about – this in comparison with the situation with the Miami Dolphins, which we both see is very different. I don't blame any player who wants out of Miami when you have a team and an ownership group that is purposely trying to lose, does not want to win games, does not want to foster success. So if you're a good player on that team, like a Kenyon Drake, who's been mentioned, like a Kiko Alonso, like a Minka Fitzpatrick, and you want to go play meaningful football, by all means, get out of there, you know? And and go to and go to a, an actual team, but Jacksonville is in a much better situation than that, and it's unfortunate uh, for them to have to deal with this. Yeah, I mean they're only a few pieces away from being a pretty good team. I only think they're missing a couple things, and it, yeah, it's it's frustrating. This is how super teams are built, guys, and we've seen it in the NBA when you can almost predict the playoffs before the season starts, and it's. It, it gets to be boring. Don't make the regular season boring, especially when it's 16 hard-fought weeks. Yes, but Mitch, I would argue the NFL is almost worse, worse than the NBA in that regard. Like, we know every single year that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. It is a foregone conclusion, and it's been one before the Warriors even existed as the dynasty they are in the NBA. So the NFL has a predictability to it. But that's the good not... teams get good players. And I agree it's a little more random. It's definitely more random. But I don't know if we're going to see the comp- the compilation of super teams in the same way that we do in the NBA. Because there's only five guys on a team in the NBA. Five guys in a lineup. I mean, the NFL is a very different landscape. I just don't think you can do that in the NFL. Well, first of all, the Patriots... That it's not it's not the same. It's not the same because we are seeing something that we've never seen in sports with a quarterback head coach combination. Never seen that for that longevity. So let's let's not compare them. Let's not let's not compare them. And by the way, they're also not in the Super Bowl all the time. I think Tom Brady's 
been there nine times in his 20-year career. So, yeah, almost 50%, but still. Yes, but, that's, but we know that that's a ridiculous amount. It's not about that he's in it every year. The Warriors won't be in it every year. You they know, have been, they, though. They have well, been, for, for what, four five, years? Six, no, like five. I think five or six. We're we're getting there. It's six at least. I think it's four. Is it four? There's two without Durant and two with Durant. But I, I uh, digress. Uh, the uh, point uh, yeah. is is that the I, I think I don't know. But to me it seems comparable. I don't and, and again I think even if it isn't, it's not gonna become the problem that may many people see it as in the NBA because the team construction is different. You can't really construct a super team in the NFL the same way these guys in the NBA are doing it. No. Well, yeah, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, it's fair not to like it. I, I, you know, I, I'm, and we'll see. You know, we saw Antonio Brown in that situation. We'll see where Jalen Ramsey ends up, and, uh, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, if this continues. I mean, we don't really know what what is to come. If a guy like Deshaun Watson gets tired of getting beat up by a terrible offensive line. You know, maybe he's the guy that says, get me out of here. I want out, you know, and that, you know, that could change things. I mean, we don't really know what will happen, but uh, so far we're seeing the trend. Unfortunately, just don't go to the Pats, (laughs) Ramsey. Just don't go to the Pats. Yes, that that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. If he signs, if he gets traded to the Patriots, uh, I'm calling up Roger Goodell, and I'm just saying, come on, really? Yeah. (laughs) You approve this? Can we make this collusion a little less obvious here? Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the last bit of news, Mitch, and that is that Eli Manning has been benched for the rookie Daniel Jones. Yeah. It, what do you what do, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Eli's a future Hall of Famer, seventh all time in passing yards, eighth all time in passing touchdowns, two time Super Bowl champion. But his best years are behind him. And it's, way behind him <laughs> and it's time i i wish he just would have walked away at the end of last year mm-hmm. i really wish he would have um and the benching of him i think just solidifies that this might be his last year yeah, i think this I think might so. be i think this is going to be the last year we see eli if he doesn't retire before the end of the year so um it, it's uh I, and I don't think he would do that that doesn't seem like a eli like his character for him to yeah. to leave no, I agree. midway through the year um he's he is a guy of character so i don't think he'd leave the seat you know leave his team in the middle of the year but um it's time to give daniel jones a look um as good or as bad as he may wind up being it's time to at least give him a look and give themselves a shot yeah i mean you drafted him at number six for a reason so we saw this coming. We, I did not expect it in week three. I don't remember what we talked about. I like think week I said, six. I think I said week eight. Week, yeah, ten or something like that. I think I said ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I expected at least five. You know, four or five games. Uh, so it is third game of the year for uh, Daniel Jones. So we knew it was going to happen, but I agree. It is sad. Uh, sad to see Eli go out like this. Uh, and it's odd that you know we've talked about these. Uh, older quarterbacks, right, for the last couple of years. When's the ceiling? You know, what's going to happen? And, you know, in the span of a week, Eli Manning gets benched. Uh, ben Roethlisberger goes out with a, with an injury that's going to hold him out the entire season. Drew Brees misses six weeks with a thumb thing. Uh, I mean, those are significant injuries. I, I, like a situation like Roethlisberger, like he may not get his job back. And then 
he may not have a free agency market. He may just kind of be forced to retire, you know, based on circumstance. I think that's kind of where I see it going. I think they'll believe in Mason Rudolph enough that they'll just cut ties and, and that'll be it for Big Ben. And uh, so, you know, briefly and, and swiftly, we've kind of seen, you know, maybe pot, potentially the beginning of the end for some of these uh, older quarterbacks that have stuck around for so long. Well, and, you know, we had talked about Giants quarterback controversy throughout the preseason and training camp. And I feel like it was kind of a sign of respect to give Eli the starting job. Just give him a chance to to see if he gets his feet underneath him and, and you right. know, puts together a good enough year. Um, and, you, you know, like I said, his playing games behind him. I just don't think he has anything left in the tank. And he is having a hard time getting his feet underneath him to start the year. And so it's, I think it was a sign of respect to give him that, that starting job, but it, it's his time's done. It's, it is DJ time in New York, DJ is, time in is. the big apple, you know, and I will, I will say this about Eli Manning. I would be very interested to see him in an offensive coordinator role yes. in the NFL in the future. Cause he's a very bright guy. Uh, he's very the Mannings. They're smart, analytical, intellectual kind of minds. Uh, I think he would make a very interesting offensive mind uh, as a coach. I'd be interested to see that in the future, and I think he seems like the kind of guy that would be potentially seeking that out. I would love to see him. Love the Giants. See see him, or I would love the see the Giants sign him on as like a quarterback coach to start. That would be a ton of fun. I think, yeah, I think yeah, that'd be if a he's good interested. Move. I think that'd be a really good and move and. It, yeah, and I, I think that would be fair of, of the Giants. I think it would it would be right. You know, I think he would bring value in the position. It wouldn't just be a favor for, a, you know, a, a star player. So, yeah, I, I would love that. I think that would be great. Oh, so yeah. We will, we will see Daniel Jones this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to talk to Bobby next week and, and, and see his thoughts. I'm sure he will have them uh, <laughs> about, about uh, Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mitch, let's do the the daddy's favorites and the pit of misery. Would you would you like to go first this week? I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Let's start it off on a bright okay. note. All right. Maybe we just we'll talked we positivity. just talked about Eli Manning's career ending. We need to get it back up on a high. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead, my friend, and, and get us all, all right. happy and cheery again? Okay, it is time finally for daddy's favorites. You're not my dad. This week, I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball. Week one, Marlon Mack with the big game against the Chargers. This week, it is Miles Garrett for the Cleveland Browns. He had three sacks against the Jets on Monday night. Five quarterback hits. He was all over the backfield, all over Trevor Simeon and Luke Falk. I was very impressed with him. This is a guy that I uh, talked a lot about in previous episodes. I had him as a my sleeper defensive player of the year pick. I expect him to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, and he showed out on the big stage on Monday Night Football. I was very impressed by the Brown defense in general. But Miles Garrett just seemed to have a presence uh, throughout the game. And that's why he's this week's uh, daddy's favorite. Yeah, I, I like that pick. That was a good performance. Great performance by him. Yeah, yeah, he was excellent. He was excellent. All right, let's go to the pit of misery, Mitch. All right, my pit of misery this week. Let's uh, recap. We're just going to go down the roster, I think, every time we add a new uh, a new Absolutely. member. Uh, last week it was James Conner, and 
I really wanted to put him in there for a second time. You don't want to be a two-time entry <laughs> of the pit of misery. Um, but I am going to enter into the pit of misery. Dilly Dilly, not sponsored by Bud Light. The entire Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Uh, an absolutely atrocious offensive line. You're given one of the best young running backs in football, and you can't give him a seam to run through. Joe Mixon running for 11 for 17 at one and a half yards is not Joe Mixon's fault. It is the offensive line's fault. You are atrocious. You're absolutely terrible. You couldn't hold the San Francisco 49ers front seven away from your backfield. Now, that's not to knock the San Francisco 49ers front seven, but they're not the best front that they're not the best frontage in a defense in the NFL and you had a hard time giving Joe Mixon even the slightest opportunity to run the football. Andy Dalton is constantly on his heels. You're lucky that the big red machine Andy Dalton can do a little bit of something with his arm otherwise you guys would be putting him on his back every other play i would i'm convinced every other play you guys are absolutely atrocious you're not playing like Bengals. you're playing like kitty cats you're playing like scared little kitty cats and i would i would literally seriously cut every single one of you if i were in the Bengals front office (laughs) i wouldn't keep a single one of you i would rather find replacements from off the street some fat guy in a wing eating contest to block for joe mixon right now except for instead of you the entire Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, you have just entered the pit of misery, dilly dilly. <laughs> you know, Mitch, it's gotten to the point where I have considered not starting Joe Mixon on my fantasy team. Because Seriously. the production, it just seems like it's just not going to be there. And I spent a very valuable pick on Joe Mixon. I'm, I will be very upset if I cannot use him on a consistent basis because of what is a terrible offensive line. They deserve it, Mitch. They deserve they're the pit of misery. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. Hey, they're off. So I, I wanted actually to do a quick segment here, a little, little fun one. I want to do a fan, a fancy player of the week. Oh yes, absolutely. Can we do that? Let's start that. Just a little impromptu thing here um this guy probably would have been it last week um and he uh we didn't have the segment then so he's gonna be it this week um let's put him in mitch Moe's fantasy hall of fame should we call it that what should we call it i like it i like mitch Moe's fantasy hall of fame Eh, you have to be something better than hall of fame what about like the dream team oh my dream team yeah yeah mitch Moe's dream team Let's build Mitch Moe's dream team over the next couple weeks. Let's go to my man, the mailman, Mark Andrews, tight end of the Baltimore Ravens. Guys absolutely balled out the first two weeks. Two eight-reception games, both going over 100 yards, both getting a touchdown. I don't know if you guys play fantasy football or not, but if you do, you better hurry to see if he's still there or not because I doubt that he is. Um, And if – you're really struggling at the tight end position. You might want to formulate some sort of low-risk, high-reward trade in order to get Mark Andrews on your team because the guy is an absolute baller. Now, first two games, everyone's going, oh, Mitch, regression. Time to see regression. Forget the regression. He has out-targeted every other receiver except for Marquise Brown by a wide margin. Wide margin. Um, he's... Lamar Jackson and or Lamar Jackson has targeted Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews at an alarming rate 
over everyone else and still has a 45, 145 passer rating. Um, Lamar Jackson's playing really well. Mark Andrews should be passing well. By the way, also, huge red zone target. Man, 6'5", 256. If you want a tight end that's a big man that can get vertical, this is going to be this year's George Kittle breakout top five tight end. I'm, t- I'm locking it down right now. Uh, go get yourself Mark Andrews. Yeah, a- Andrews has been great. Mitch, uh, I have a stack in one of my fantasy teams of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. It's fantastic. And isn't it? suffice it to say, I'm 2 and 0, and it hasn't been close. I mean, it, it just has not been close. Uh, it has been, I, yeah, th- that team has destroyed. And this is the team with Joe Mixon. This is the team where Joe Mixon has given me like zero points, and I'm still crushing my opponent because of this Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson stack. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I definitely highly if- recommend. Highly recommend. Too late for it. It's too late for it. I don't think you're going to find Mark Andrews anywhere. uh, And nobody in their right mind is going to be trade. Nobody send me a trade request for Mark Andrews. Please. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I think I have Mark Andrews in both my leagues, and guys, don't even think about it. It's not happening. Um, But if you would like more fantasy advice like that, you should go check out the Daily Double Up. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, go listen to that one. I do it. There's a daily fantasy sports podcast that I do with our fantasy football expert, Jordan Fox. We do it once a week before the games actually start. So that way we can give you your advice on time. Make sure you guys go check that out. That is the daily double up. Absolutely. No, great stuff, Mitch. Uh, generally speaking, your fantasy season, how's it gone so far? Pretty good? Um, no, no. That hasn't. No. Uh, I've started one and three combined in my in my two leagues. So, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's did. it's been rough. Uh, but you know what? Again, I got the Joe Mixon play in one of those leagues. That one hasn't been good. Um, and I've also got uh, who's the other one? I remember this. One. Oh, Christian McCaffrey bummed out on me last week too. So I went. Yeah, sucked. that was rough. That was but, rough. Um, McCaffrey was rough. But I won in that league for some for you know whatever reason. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. That's it for a fantasy input, I guess, this week. Awesome. Awesome. Awkward silence. My my fantasy. <laughs> oh, how did you? Been, sorry. How been pretty good. How was your fantasy? Good, how was your no, fantasy? No, no, it's fine. You, you clearly don't care. So. No, I, I do care. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, yes. Uh, no, mine are pretty good. I'm, I'm one and one in two of them, and then I'm two and oh in my third league. Oh, nice. Uh, so the two the two leagues that we're, we're in together, I'm, I'm one and one on each team. So oh, well, it's been a mixed bag so far, but I can't really complain. I feel pretty good about it. I'm not, not too worried yet. I, 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 I am worried in our Dynasty League. I have no depth at the flex position. I just paid way too much fab for Demarcus Robinson because I literally have – I started Dante Moncrief last week and got a big fat zero with one target. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do this. So, uh, hope, hoping, hoping, uh, hoping that works out for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I, I hope it works out for you too. That that's no fun well, taking you. a zero, taking a zero on a player. I it, it's why I lost. You know, I mean, it's like I get if I get ten points there, like I should. I I think I would have beat uh, Austin, whoever I was playing. But yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully we get some more stability in there, Mitch. So, all right, I think uh, I think it's time to do the quick picks here. We got a pretty pre- yeah. pretty brief brief episode, uh, pretty concise today. But yes, uh, let's get into these quick picks, Mitch. 
uh, is leading for the season. 20-11-1. I am 18-13-1. Uh, I gained a game last week. I went 11-5. Mitch went 10-6 with his picks. Yeah. So close, close still to start. Still close. Still close, but it, you know it's only two weeks in, so it's anybody's game right now. Um, make sure if you have a punishment idea to get on the Instagram or the Twitter and let us know what your idea is of what our punishment should be. We will have one before halfway through the year. I guarantee it. Um, let's just stay away from shaving the head again. Yes, 100%. Something, something new. We need something I fresh. Agree. need something fresh. Maybe like cut off a toe or something. Oh, I'm going to pass. I'm going to no? pa- okay. I'm gonna pass right. on that maybe, one. Maybe we'll just sit with that one. Um, uh, well, okay, so. you know, just we'll leave it on the table. We'll, we'll keep yeah, it in consideration, yeah. but eh, let, let it simmer. Let it, let it, let it simmer. Let, just let it simmer. Let, let's sit with it. So. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to take this to start, Mitch. We have Thursday night football and Mitch, you know where we're going, right? Oh yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're going to the swamps of Jacksonville. Oh yeah. For an AFC South matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Jalen Ramsey wants out of town, but guess what? He is still playing. I believe in the jockstrap king, Gardner Minshew. I have Jacksonville winning at home on Thursday night football. Mitch, how much fun is the gunslinger with the mustache? The mustachioed hero we have down in Jacksonville. It is so much fun. And you know what? I am taking the 70s porn star to get this win. I am going (laughs) with Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking down the menaces from Music City. Yeah, you know, honestly, they probably should have beat the Texans last week. They go for two, but they they do a run for Fournette, who hadn't done anything all game, as opposed to giving the ball to Minshew, who led them down the field, put them in that situation. They arguably should have stole that game against the Texans. Uh, I think uh, I think this kid is is pretty good, and he's a ton of fun to watch. Heck so. yeah, heck yeah, man! Very Brett Farvish, gunslinger. Yeah, kind of whipping the ball yes. over the place. I like it a lot. It, wh- whipping a lot of things. Whip. Uh, wh- whipping a lot of things out. <laughs> Did you 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 saw the tweet right that yeah. he's warming up pregame. He's he's stretching in the locker room in only a jock strap. Nice. See, yes. that's something a '70s porn star does. He's a legend. He's, he's a, a legend. legend. He's a legend that, that already. Is, I mean, he's the kid's a rookie. He looks like he's 38 <laughs> and has two kids. You know, it's amazing. All right, let's move. Let's move on. I could talk about Gardner yeah. Minshew. This is a Gardner Minshew fan podcast now. Uh, uh, can, he, can he be the goat? Or, yes, yes. Or Nathan is, Peterman, get the hell out of here. No, I'm done with you, it, Nate. It's, it's Gardner Minshew you went time. On, you went on hard knocks. You're all Hollywood on us now. Get out of here. We're done. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, you're the new GOAT. Um, next game is we got uh, the Dolphins traveling to Lone Star State to take on the Dallas Cowboys. This is lock of the week, folks. Um, if I wasn't going to give you a fantasy guy to go get, Mark Andrews, uh, go get the Dallas defense because this is going to be an absolute <laughs> blowout. Um, Dallas by a wide margin. There will be a thousand points scored in this game. Um, it's just how many points over a thousand is Dallas going to score in this game? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, th- yeah. Lock it in. This is the Dallas win. Uh, Miami hashtag tank for Tua. It is going strong. Ah. It is. It is. They are tanking remarkably. I think uh, it's, for, I think it's hashtag tank for Justin Herbert, but you know, <laughs> okay, Mitch. 
All right. Uh, okay, Mike. Okay. <laughs> next, next game, AFC matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals traveling up to the cold city of Buffalo to take on the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. Mitch, I, I like the Bills. They've played tough. Uh, I think they get a win against a not very good Bengals team, and, and the Buffalo Bills are going to go 3-0. and I think this Buffalo Bills team is better than what we thought they were going to be. I think this is a pretty good team. I love Devin Singletary. I love the Josh Allen-John Brown connection that they've been having going. Um, I like this Buffalo team. I got them winning at home against Cincinnati as well. Um, Following that game, we have the Detroit Lions leaving Motor City to head over to the city of brotherly love to take on the most hated fans in sports the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm taking the hateful Eagles in this one over the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Detroit coming off a big win against the Chargers at home. Uh, I don't think uh, they're going to get the win here against the Eagles. Eagles are good. And yes, we talked about the game last week. Very sloppy, but Wentz kept them in it. And uh, I think Atlanta's a much better team than Detroit. So I think Philly's going to win and it'll probably be close, but they're going to get the home win here. Yep. So uh, let's move on to the second lock it in blowout of the week. It's the jets and Luke Falk traveling up to new England to take on uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots, two quarterbacks that were picked with the 199th pick in the draft, both Luke Falk and Tom Brady. Hmm. There, there's a there's a semblance of of history here with Luke Falk. You know, the both. quarterback goes down, guy comes in, the, low expectations. Both sixth round picks. Both both picked with the exact same pick. One ninety nine. I mean, yep. Doesn't get creepier than that. So, uh, but Luke Falk will not get it done this week. Uh, I think the Jets' offense may score, you know, a decent amount of points, but the, the New England's defense is very good. So. Uh, easy win for the Pats. Yeah, I think it's going to be an easy win for the Pats as well. Um, I'm also willing to punt on 10-6 and six for the Jets um, because when they go 0-3 here, they'd have to go 10-3 and three for the remainder of the year, and I just don't see that happening. So, And we really don't know when Darnold's going to be back either. Yeah, so, so um, I think we could say that we were wrong about 10-6. and six. <laughs> this We were th- wrong because Darnold got mono. Yeah, okay, Donald so got- frick that kid and his red hair. No, frick that, frick that lady that said she gave him mono. Yeah. Frick that lady, man. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. Jerk. Okay, moving on. Um, after that, we have the Falcons. They are leaving Hotlanta to head up to the home state of Larry Bird, Indiana, to take on the Indianapolis Colts. I got Atlanta in this one on the road. Um, the Colts have looked to be nothing special like we thought they were going to be. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been all right. Marlon Mack's been really good. Um, but Atlanta uh, showing us a little resiliency against the Eagles last week. I think they carry that momentum in and uh, beat Indianapolis on the road. Okay, yeah, I figured this would be our first uh, uh, split of the week as far as our picks go. I have the Colts in this one. Uh, they hung with the Chargers in week one. They got the win against Tennessee in week two. It hasn't been pretty. You are right, but uh, I don't think this team is that bad. And uh, I like them at home and continuing to build on some momentum here. Played two straight games on the road. Uh, finally get to go home for a minute, and I, I think that'll help them. So, yeah, I have the Colts in this one. Uh, let's move up to the cold city of Minnesota. 
Minnesota, Minnesota City. city. <laughs> Minnesota is a state. We're talking about Minneapolis. Minneapolis, baby. And the Oakland Raiders coming into town, coming off a big loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Minnesota with a tough loss against Green Bay. I have the Vikings in this game. Uh, they are clearly the better, better team. I know Minnesota lost to Green Bay, uh, but I was impressed with how they responded to the quick start, really shut down Green Bay in the second half. Uh, Minnesota, I think, is still a pretty good team. So I have them beating the Raiders, and I, I don't think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a close game either. Um, I, I got Minnesota winning at home, too. Minnesota's a tough place to play, too. Um, Oakland obviously struggled last week uh, playing Kansas City. Uh, kind of a demoralizing game, uh, play, losing like that to a division rival. Um, so I think it's going to take a little bit for them to get back on track and playing a pre- still a pretty good team in Minnesota. So I got Minnesota as well beating the Raiders. Um, following that, we got Baltimore. They're headed to the state of Kansas City. Um, oh, I'm sorry, frick, city of frick, Kansas City. Frick you, Mitch. <laughs> uh, they're going to take on the Chiefs. Um, this was one where I almost went Baltimore. Um, but I decided to go Kansas City. I think that Pat Mahomes will have issues with this Baltimore defense, though. In fact, he was my trash pick on our DFS pod for the week um, because of playing this tough Baltimore defense. But I think Kansas City still gets the edge in this one in a very hard-fought game. Mitch, I am riding the train. I got Baltimore in this game. Oh. Obviously, this is the marquee game of the week. Oh. I mean, this is this be a great prime game. time TV. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, what a what a what a battle of superstars here. Uh, I I have Baltimore. I think they're riding a high right now. I, obviously, Kansas City is gonna is it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great game. I mean, this is. Uh, if where's the over under on this game? Can we look this up right know. now? It's got to be high though, right? Uh, we're, I'm I'm looking this up right now because I want to see the over under on this game. I will tell you before I look it up, it, eighty plus. So if that line is not over under eighty, hammer the it's five fifty two point five. Hammer the over, people. <laughs> hammer the over. There is no way in hell that these two teams do not combine for at least 52 and a half points. There's no way. I mean, I'm thinking 44 to like 40. I mean, this is going to be a fantastic game, but yeah, I have, I have the Ravens winning it. Yeah. I, that was a tough one for me. I almost went Baltimore. Um, I think, and I almost went Kansas city too. I really yeah. did. And two really good teams. So, all right, let's, uh, let's move to the, uh, a, the NFC North. And we have the Green Bay Packers hosting the Denver Broncos coming off the tough loss to the Bears. Now they travel to Lambeau Field. Green Bay looking really good, especially on defense. Uh, Green Bay is going to have an easy win here, I think, against the Broncos and get to a, a 3-0 start. You know, beating the two division rivals in back-to-back weeks, that's huge. Green Bay looks competitive. Yeah, it, it kills me to say this as a Bears fan, but Green Bay does look very good. Um, and I have them beating the Broncos as well. Um, Lambeau, tough place to play, um, especially the later it gets in the year. I know we're still in September, but um, it becomes increasingly a tougher player, place to play. Uh, but Denver's not looked good. Green Bay's looked very good, so I think Green Bay's an easy pick here. Um, following that, Carolina. They're headed over to the desert in Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Um 
I got two words for you, Dallin. Keep pounding. I got the Panthers beating Arizona on the road. Mitch, I have the Cardinals. Wow. Wow. I can't. Listen, right now it looks like Cam Newton is most likely not going to play in this game, which means that Kyle Allen is going to be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. And if there's one thing that the Panthers don't have, it is any quality backup for Cam Newton, which seems like the stupidest decision any team could make in the NFL when you have Cam Newton as your quarterback, a guy who gets hit a lot, a guy who has injury issues, and you didn't give yourself a quality backup. It's Kyle Allen, and uh, as a Panthers fan, I have zero confidence in that. Arizona has looked good in two games. They got the tie. They came back, got the tie against Detroit, hung around with Baltimore, you know, a little bit, and uh, that's better than what I know, what I thought this team would be. So uh, I think Arizona will win this game. If Cam plays and he's healthy, I would feel confident in a in a Panthers victory, but with with it looking like he's not going to play, or if he does, he's not very healthy. I I just can't. I can't. I got to pick Arizona. So mm-hmm. and it hurts me. It hurts me. That's my team. I can't think of us losing to the Cardinals, and yet here here we are. So right. Uh, let's move on to the team that uh, beat my Panthers in Thursday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off the win are going to uh, host the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. In his first career start, I think Tampa Bay gets the win, uh, but I would not be surprised if this game was pretty competitive. Yeah, I got Tampa Bay as well. I think Tampa Bay is one of those teams that could win more games than we think, but they're going to win them all ugly. I don't think they're going to. They, I don't think this is a team that wins pretty, and um, but I, I, I could see New York making it competitive as well. Um, I think that they can do enough with Saquon and maybe Daniel Jones. Hey, playing a Tampa, playing a Tampa Bay Bucks team that's really hit or miss what what you're going to get week to week. This might be a good matchup for him to start up against. So, um, but I, as of right now, it's it's Tampa Bay for me. Um, following that, New Orleans, they're headed up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the twelfth man and the Seattle Seahawks. And I think Seattle's a pretty easy pick here this this team has looked pretty good through the first two weeks and a drew breezeless new orleans saints is uh gonna be a tough team to pick as a winner yeah especially when we haven't seen uh what that looks like with a full game of uh a full week of game prep uh and when we did see it in that Rams game, it did not look good. So uh, will it be Teddy Bridgewater? Will it be Taysom Hill? I don't think it matters. I think Seattle gets the win here. But, yeah, it's hard to pick the Saints. Uh, obviously, the talent is still there. It's still a very talented team around Drew Brees. But uh, will you know what effect will his absence have? We don't really know what that's going to look like. This will be the week that we see. And I just don't feel – I agree. I don't, I don't feel confident picking them. So I have Seattle as well. Uh, Houston coming off the close win against Jacksonville. Well, head over to L.A. to play the Chargers in a soccer stadium because we're the NFL and that's what we do. We have teams that play on baseball diamonds and we have teams that play in soccer stadiums. Uh, you know, best, you know, billion dollar industry here. Last week was the last game that will ever be yeah. played on a baseball diamond. So, it, yeah, but Mitch, it's sad that in 2019, that's still like a thing that we're having. <laughs> we're like talking I about. Understand. That's like, I understand. It's kind of yeah. the point. <laughs> but yes, uh, I have Houston in this win. Uh, I, I Last week was rough for the Texans, but uh, I thought they put up a good fight week one against the Saints. Uh, I like them in this game against the Chargers. I'm high on the Texans. I, I think they will succeed. Yeah, I, I like the Texans as well on the road. Like you said, um, 
eked one out against Jacksonville, but I think Jacksonville played really uh, played a really tough game against them. Um, and, and that's an incredible defense that held them to 14 points. Exactly. You know? Against so. a really high-powered offense in my right. in my mind. So, um, and then like you said, they're playing new playing a uh, Drew Brees Saints team really tough is always a, a victory in itself. So, um, I like Houston in this game as well. Following that, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to the Bay Area wine country to take on the San Francisco 49ers. I have Pittsburgh on the road. Um, oh, okay. Mason Rudolph gets the win. I think Mason Rudolph does enough to get the win here, not knocking the San Francisco 49ers, but I think Mason Rudolph shows out in his first start. And uh, I, I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh in this one. Might be – could you consider this an upset? I don't know, but I, I like it. I like this pick. All right. I have the Niners. You know, I would say if you're only going to watch one game this week and you can't watch Baltimore, Kansas City, this is the game. Because uh, you have Mason Rudolph in his first career start uh, versus a Niners team that has looked great in the first two games. I mean, they offensively, they put up a ton of points. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I could see this, you know, 38-35, you know, kind of game. Uh, with both these offenses kind of opening up. But I, I think the Niners look pretty good so far. They've played the Bengals. They've played Tampa Bay. So not the best opponents. Pittsburgh is going to be a better test uh, for us to see how good the Niners are. But it's been good for them so far. And I think the success continues for, for San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's that's another coin flip one, I, I feel like. Yeah, like. no, it's a pretty close one. I, I feel good with the Niners, but I could definitely see Pittsburgh winning because I also have confidence in Mason Rudolph. I like him a lot. I think he can be successful. Sure thing, so. sure. All right, Sunday night football. We have the Los Angeles Rams traveling up to one of my favorite cities in the U.S., Cleveland, Ohio, to take on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is going to be a good game as well. I think it's going to be pretty close. I have the Rams getting the win. I've just liked what I've seen from them more than what I've seen from the Browns, which is not very much. Uh, but primetime football Sunday night with these two teams is a ton of fun. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, it's not of quick picks if you don't take an upset, right? I think that dog pound is going to be barking real loud by the end of the fourth quarter because I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to beat uh, okay. the LA Rams at home. Um I, this might be the week Baker figures it out, especially with a high-speed defense like the Rams. He's going to have a full week to really study this defense. He's a smart football player. I think he figures it out. I think they get it done, and like you said, a very close game. Following that, we're going to go to the only thing that makes Mondays great in America. That is Monday Night Football. We have the Duppers traveling to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Redskins. And you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. You got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Bears. Got to take the Bears against the Redskins. Not only do I always pick the Bears, but it's, I think, the logical pick here. Defensively, um, it, they're, they're just so sound. Uh, the offense has got to play better. Um, but I think defensively, they will just get the job done again. So I got I got to get the Bears on the road. Yeah. Well, and I think that, uh, for Chicago, you got to look at this as a good opportunity to get the offense rolling because Washington's defense has not looked that good. I watched that Dallas, 
uh, Washington game, and Dallas was able to do whatever they wanted uh, to the Redskins. So I think if the Bears are going to get back on course and get this offense rolling, this is the perfect week to do it. Uh, Monday night football is great, Mitch, but this matchup is not. Bears are going to win this game, and I don't think it's going to be a very close or very entertaining game at that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's looking more like a Thursday night football game from a few years ago where there's all bad, all bad matchups. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, that is it for our quick picks. Guys, like Mitch said earlier, if you have any suggestions on what we should do for our punishment this year, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, get your thoughts, get your ideas. We need help with this because we want to come up with something really good uh, like we had last season. Yeah, no, we, we need another good punishment, guys. And we know we have a lot of bright, smart fans out there. So get on there and let us know what you think, what we should do. Um, and you can, you can message us on the Instagram. You can get at us on the Twitter. Uh, however you see best see fit, let us know what, we, what kind of torture we should inflict on the other for losing our quick picks season. Yep, and I think that's about it, Mitch. Uh, I will be... Out of town for the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I will be out of the country. I'm going to Peru for a couple weeks. Oh, bonjour. Mitch. (laughs) Yes, Mitch, that is incorrect language. But uh, nice try. Vamos a hablar espanol todo los dos semanas que mi esposa y yo estamos en Peru. Ole. All right. Right Ole, Mitch. Yes, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, So Mitch will be uh, doing the show with the fantasy football expert Jordan Fox, which will be a ton of fun. So still tune in. You're going to get the episodes every week. I will be sending my quick picks over to Mitch every week so I can still make those. But the rest of the show will be him and Jordan. And I'm excited to see. I'd like you guys to get a little experimental, if I'm being honest, Mitch. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think... Try some try some stuff out, you know. Well, you know, dad's going to be gone. So it's right. time to Daddy, throw... Daddy's out of the house. We it's gotta... time to throw a house We're party. We're throwing a party, man. No rules. <laughs> no rules. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Uh, we, uh, maybe maybe uh, have some people, maybe have more people over than we're supposed to at the house while you're gone. Yeah, and... invite some guests. Yeah. Invite some guests. We'll have some, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun with Mr. Fox over the next few weeks. Um, and, and enjoy your trip, sir. Enjoy your trip. I know. Thank Pru- you. Thank Pru- you. I know Prue's a special place for, uh, for, for, uh, you guys, especially your wife. So, um, I, I hope you guys enjoy your trip over there. It'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. I, I was telling my wife this last night. She, we were talking about, I asked her, I was like, what are you most excited about? You know, this is, uh, like you said, really important to her. It's something she's always wanted to do. So, uh, but my, the one thing I'm excited for is Machu Picchu. And for whatever reason I have, the I guess I have the impression that I'm gonna have some like deep spiritual like understanding or experience in Machu Picchu. I don't know. I just feel like I'm gonna be in the mountains at this like holy place, one of the seven wonders of the world, and I'm just gonna come to some sort of like existential understanding. You know, if you're a day one or you know that this show was originally called The Sports Hour with Mitch Mo and the Mormon, um, are we gonna have to come back and be like the sports hour with Mitch Mo and the Buddhist, or are you gonna I don't, I don't know, Mitch. I just, I don't know. It just feels like a really cool place and a really like, I don't know, like, uh, like full of positive energy. I'm just expecting, I told her that I'm like, I'm probably just going to get disappointed and be like, Oh, this is cool. But like, 
I, it didn't change my life. Like, I don't know. I'm expecting a lot out of this. So. Oh, man. But anywho, thank you. I will miss it. Uh, I, I think we should rename the show Mitch Moe's uh, Two-Week House Party uh, for the next couple of weeks will do. while I'm gone. I have no problem just, with that. Just I'm... start naming everything. Uh, change the Twitter handle, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mitch, Mitch Moe's Two-Week House Party will be a ton of fun, and I will definitely miss it. But look forward to, to catching the episodes if I can. So. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, thank you once again for listening. Um, if you're new to the podcast, you can go follow us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys. You can go follow us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. You can like, no, don't like our Facebook page. It's not existent. Um, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. It just it comes out all the time. Um, you can uh, you can go listen to us anywhere that you go get your podcast. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. You can find us. Go get on line leave us a rating leave us a comment tell us we suck that's the only way that we can get better you're absolutely right mitch guys it's been great we'll see you next week see ya
It's okay. Yeah, we are. And it is crazy to think we've already put out 50 of these podcasts. We forgot to mention this when we recorded our episode. So we wanted to give this little, uh, you know, this little message out to you guys before you get the episode. Uh, We appreciate the support. Everyone who's listened, whether you were here when we started or you have joined recently, Uh, all the feedback, the interaction we get with you. That's why we do it. It's been a ton of fun uh, and a great opportunity for us to, to do this. Uh, for the last year and a half. So thank you guys for listening uh, and being a part of the sports hour with Mitch and I.